still live in the nation's capital. Twitch, YouTube, the Odyssey app, Trista Crick, Ryan Horvath, Nick Ashew. Missed anything in the first hour? Had Jake Fisher on podcast. Go get it. Download, subscribe. He gave us a lot. Yeah. He gave us a lot of teas. I'm getting a lot of text messages, including from our guy Rick Camp. You always hear yep. him on You Better, You Bet. He was listening. He liked the interview as well. Did and everybody, he? oh yeah, a lot of people in Chicago listening. Everybody wants to know about Zach Levine. Some people, a lot of people excited. They just want him to rip the Band-Aid off, blow the whole thing up. I had one buddy, he wants to trade DeMar, trade Zach, and build around Vooch. I really worry about his mental health. Oh, that's unfortunate. Uh, Was he drinking? No, no, okay. he's sober. He's right. he's a big Vooch guy. He just wants okay. to build around Vooch. <laughs> I, I do not want to build around Vooch. I want to blow it all up, and I want I want Brandon Miller. I want that third overall pick. We'll give you guys Zach Levine. No. Then you no. get to keep Dame. I would say this, though. Dame, no. Zach, and another, like a wing would be nice. But here's the thing. But you know we, who we have want. guards. You know who we're taking, too, though. We need wings. Like, we need a wing. Everybody needs wings. Everybody need you know? a wing. Yeah. We got guards. Yeah. We need wings. Everybody wants a wing. Everybody wants 3 and D guys. I, yeah. I just want a team of 3 and D guys, and then we'll figure out who That's the play. Toronto Raptors. <laughs> yes, and then we'll figure out everything else the next couple of years. That is the... Dude, congratulations, you're now a fan of the Raptors. Just a bunch of 3 and D guys in yep. Vooch to hit the glass. Well, Those, how about just D guys, no three? Well, that's yeah. No, well, I'm good on that. You got yeah. enough guys already. I feel like, that, can't shoot say, three I feel like that is the Bulls. Chicago honest, kind of already like has that. Yeah, and yeah, it's like a bunch of guys that can't shoot. Kobe White, but they're oh, not long. What he is. There you go. We're throwing Kobe White in the deal too. No, yes. I don't want any guards. No. No. <laughs> what about the about Blazers go the opposite way and it's just all guards and just change the NBA? Really, really small. You mean transformative <laughs> like Carl Anthony Towns <laughs> yes. has been? Oh uh, yeah. Carl that's the Anthony best big Town. man in the league. That's what he said. Just ask him. He'll tell you. Yeah, that's that's that listen, I like it's great to have confidence, but you should also have a little bit of self awareness. This is this is proof though, right? Like no matter what every year, people still love the NBA offseason. It's a thing you can find markets for where players are gonna go. Like Zach Levine and, and Bradley Beal were all over the place today. And the NFL's kind of gone that way too. I mean, it was quarterbacks getting traded last year. You got Aaron Rodgers this year, and now you look at running backs kind of coming out and either not getting a job or thinking about their future a year from now. And that's the one market that's not hot. J.K. Dobbins today sat out the Ravens' mandatory minicamp because of his contract situation. Jonathan Taylor was talking about it yesterday. He's also in the last year of his rookie deal. He's like, well, I know what the market is, but I want to get paid. Like, If, if these guys have big years, it's another dilemma where is it just going to be franchise tagged the rest of the way for running backs and then they eventually hit the market and get something small after that. I yeah. get it. I mean, I get it when it comes to J.K. Dobbins because he already had a pretty devastating injury. He came mm-hmm. back, and he's like one of those guys that came back and was awesome immediately. He was averaging five yards, six yards per carry in that playoff game. For some reason, they stopped giving him the football. Sorry, Peach, that I had to bring that up. He only had ten carries. <laughs> the face on his. They probably win that game. So I get it, man. And uh, again, like same thing we talked about last night. I want to see these running backs make their money, but I get. I also understand why teams don't want to give them that second deal. You know, because yeah. we saw what happened with Todd Gurley at 24, 25 years old. And uh, then he was in Atlanta. He had one year left in mm-hmm. him. The Rams were on the hook for some money. That's the good thing about the NFL, though. Like, you just, it's not guaranteed money, so you could get out of these contracts. I mean, you eat some, but you don't eat the whole thing. It's not like you're paying Bobby Bonilla for the next 35 years. <laughs> so that's one good thing. I mean, that it is. But look, if, if Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor two years ago was an MVP candidate, for a while he had like, I think like the third shortest odds or whatever it was to actually win the MVP. I mean, if that's the case, and he has another season like that, I mean, you'd think the Colts are probably either just going to not want to re-sign him because they're rebuilding, or they franchise him. Like, at, at what point does this market just get, like, 
I, there's really nothing I don't think any of these guys can do. Even, But a season like that, Jonathan Taylor was the Colts' offense two years ago. And I'd imagine he's going to be a lot of it again this year with a smarter head coach that actually knows what the hell he's doing. Yeah, I agree, man. I mean, because you're going to have a rookie quarterback. I think Anthony Richardson's probably a week one starter, so they're going to have to rely on the run game. And I want to see what that running, what, what, like what that looks like with you know a quarterback that could easily rush for a thousand yards in a season. Mm-hmm. And Jonathan Taylor, who two years ago, like you said, was one of the better backs in the league. So the if you're I, the, oh sorry, go on. I was just going to say if you're the Colts, then and and Jonathan Taylor produces for you, do you then say, well, we're not going to pay him next year? And what we're going to do is go out and get a running back in the draft that we think can produce right away on day one. And that yeah, I that, see that, that seems to be the mindset. Yeah, it really does, and it's crazy. But I mean, running backs just have it to the point now where it was shocking to see Bijan Robinson and Jameer Gibbs go in the first round, just even going in the top twelve. Like that—that's where the market has gone. But I understand because you look around the league and you see so many second, third, fourth, fifth round picks that yeah. contribute to the position and are, are great players. And a lot of times these guys are doing it their first three years in the league and then it starts to tail that's off. That's what's odd to me. So that's what's odd to me. So if we're devaluing the running back position, mm-hmm. then why are we seeing more running backs go in the first round when there is value for productive running backs in the second and third round? Or do you believe that those two running backs are transformational to the level you have to I think that's more of a testament to the talent they are. Yes. Gibbs and Bijan? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, team need. You know what I mean? I I still think that Bijan went a little early, but, like, man, Atlanta's going to be really fun offensively for the next four to five years with Kyle Pitts, Drake London, him and Algier, and, you know, Patterson, if they could keep all those guys. But, uh... I just think, and then Gibbs, Gibbs, a lot of teams had Gibbs on the board before Bijan. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that has to do with, I mean, he's a really good route runner. He could probably be like a Camara type back where he catches 70 to 80 balls. And, and that's the other thing, like in the modern NFL offense, you need running backs that could catch the football. And going back to Jonathan Taylor, that was everybody's big concern his first two years at Wisconsin. And he only caught, I think, a combined 16 passes. He had like 16 receptions. So then that final year in 2019, they started throwing him the ball out of the backfield more to try to improve his draft status. And he caught 26 balls. But that was never the concern. I knew he had the hands. My concern with Jonathan Taylor and maybe the Colts' concern, it isn't even the injury last year. It was like the carries, not only he had his first couple years in Indianapolis. After contact, he was brutal. Yeah, yeah, and that, and well, like he kind of took a beating at Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. He had. 299 carries in 2017 there, 307 in 2018. I'm sorry, uh, a combined 926 in three years. Just put it that way. That's a lot uh, for a college back. So maybe they're worried a little bit about the wear and tear. But I think Jonathan Taylor is going to have a huge year. I don't know how good the Colts are going to be. So do I. I mean, I think all these guys that are looking to get the bag are going to. PJ is a Ravens fan. J.K. Dobbins, how does this end? Yeah, it's it's going to be tough, right? I mean, they just paid Lamar, and then you bring in Odell in the offseason, you draft Zay Flowers, you bring in a new offensive coordinator, so they want to throw the ball. and then But Dobbins is one of the best backs in the league, but he hasn't really played much because he's been hurt. So what do you do? I mean, hopefully they'll find a middle ground. I do think Dobbins will, will be back week one. I think he'll kind of get over this, and he'll want to win, and yeah. he realized they're a good team. But I don't know if the Ravens are going to give him the long-term deal that he's looking for. Does sitting out of mandatory minicamp even make any difference to your to your overall desires? So you're J.K. Dobbins. We know you're going to be here on week one. All this is is you just in the corner yeah. kind of throwing a tantrum. It doesn't make me want to pay you more. 
And also, honestly, all the scar tissue the Ravens have had from Gus That's and J.K. tearing their ACL right before the yeah. season starts, maybe the Ravens are like, you know what? If you want to sit out, fine with us. Well, I was even like, go the other way. All the scar tissue from Lamar Jackson's years and years of yeah. the saga. They don't want to do any more contracts. They're just like, fine, we're done. Yeah. They don't care. That, that too. Well, be, but yeah, you're right. Like, sit out as long as you want, J.K., so that we don't have to worry about you tearing your ACL in practice. That's exactly right. At what point do you look at the training staff, though, of, and, and say, this is the problem? Yeah. They fired everybody in Washington years ago when they did it, so... I hear the field too at their training facility is not the best either. That's not that's not helpful. Yeah, this the just the evolution of this position is, it's fascinating. I think the one thing that saves some talents is that if you are a running back, like you said, they can catch out of the backfield. Yeah, so yeah. You line up more, you know, I mean, Reggie Bush would be great in today's NFL. I mean, you know, kind of had kind of like shifted after he was more past his prime. But, like, I mean, Reggie Bush had, what, 90 catches his rookie year or something? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he was always a really good route runner, had great hands. Yeah. And the league, that's the thing, the league's changed so much, you know? I mean, growing up, it was all, I mean, it was Emmett Smith, you know, Terrell Davis, I'll never forget what he did to the Packers in that Super Bowl. Um, but Adrian Peterson, obviously. And those type of backs will always continue to get paid. But the problem is mm-hmm. there's just not many of them around anymore. Even Derrick Henry, the Titans were looking to move him. Once these guys get 26, 27 years old, and I get it. Like, I just got done hyping up J.K. Dobbins. But if I'm the general manager of a team, I'm not giving him another deal. You just paid Lamar. I want more wide receivers. Um, and you're going to be able to find a back in the second or third or fourth round next year. And as long as it's all about, like, I'd rather pay a tackle. Than a running yes, back. Yes, build up I mean? your offensive line as much as you can. Like, I hate to be that guy, but your running back's only as good as your offensive line is. Like that was Jonathan Taylor's problem yeah. even last year. The Colts' offensive line a couple years ago with Quentin Nelson, all those guys, it was a top five offensive line. And then they had all these injuries. They had some regression, and uh, that's why he struggled. Bad play calling. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah, a lot of bad play calling there. So yeah, that doesn't help with like initial contact. You know, you just like screw it. I'm just going down. Right. So I know I'm going to get a carry here in a couple minutes, and I'm, nobody's going to block for me. So. So the Men's College World Series uh, starts tomorrow. Wake Forest, the favorite, plus 250 at MGM. LSU, plus 375. Florida's 4-1. to one. UVA, 6-1. to one. Tennessee and TCU are 8-1. to one. Stanford way down there at 13-1. and one. And then the, the Cinderella, Cinderella yeah. Oral Roberts, 25-1. to one. In fact, they're the first game tomorrow uh, against TCU where Oral Roberts is a one-and-a-half point dog. Well, one-and-a-half one and run dog. I'm an idiot there because we're talking about the actual run line. This is what I was looking for. Thank you, Moneyline. Yeah. There it is. Minus 175 TCU, Oral Bob at plus 135. The whole thing just jumped in front of me, and I'm like, I'm going to slur my words till I get this out. Uh, I know PJ's excited. This is the thing that he dives into. The one thing I will say about this, there is so much major league talent in this tournament. I mean, there are some big bats and some big arms. There is, If you want to see the future of Major League Baseball, you're going to see a lot of it in this. Also, granted, it's in Omaha, but it's one of the best times. I've been three times, actually four times. That would be one times. of the ones that we've talked about wanting to do the show from there multiple times. Yeah, I love it. Even my wife likes it, and she does not care about baseball. She definitely does not care about college baseball, but it's just <laughs> such a good time, and they've done a really good job in Omaha, like in the surrounding area. There's so many bars. You guys have probably seen on social media. They do the jello shot chart. You know, yeah, I just they just showed it up there. Hammer yeah. the LSU. Over. I was gonna say <laughs> the SEC schools they come to party, um, but I'm all about Oral tomorrow. Uh, Oral Roberts, that is. I just we did this during like, the NCAA. Okay, tournament. so they're a Cinderella story. TCU's a little bit of a Cinderella story mm-hmm. as well. But Oral Roberts. 
Their pitching staff, I mean, their staff ERA, their strikeout-to-walk ratio, top 20 in the nation. They have a lineup that's top 20 in slugging. They get on base. Their on-base percentage is ridiculous. And then you have TCU, who's outside the top 50 in slugging and homers. But all of a sudden in the tournament, like they just absolutely exploded. They scored uh, 44 runs in three games in their regional. They blew up against Indiana State. But I'm going to just stick with Oral Roberts, man. They got some magic. They got the pitching. They got the lineup. I'm definitely going to play them against TCU. What about you, Peach? Yeah, I, I like Oral Roberts as well. The thing that impressed me the most with them, when they played Oregon in the Super Regionals, they were up 8 nothing in that game one, and they lost 9-8. to How many teams would have been part of a historic upset, and especially on the road, and would have lost the Supers? They come right back and win games 2-3 and three in Eugene. So not only is this team talented, but they're really mentally tough as well. I like that upset tomorrow against TCU. I think that's a great call, Ryan. The game of round one between the eight teams remaining is Virginia-Florida. If you're going to watch one Jack game... Jack Caglione, Shohei Otani of college baseball. Man, not only God. him, but you got Wyatt Lankford, too, who's the center fielder. He is tremendous. Virginia's got a top-ten prospect. Their catcher, Kyle Teal, is a beast. They have the best offense, one of the best offenses in college baseball. Virginia is my pick to win the College World Series because what you look for is when you go to Omaha... It's like a big league ballpark, like on steroids. I mean, it's a pitcher's park. Mm-hmm. So all these teams in the college game throughout the regular season that rely on like the home run ball because their parks are so small, you can't really rely on that in Omaha. You got to manufacture runs. You got to move runners over. That's what Virginia does. They have a great offense, top to bottom. Their pitching staff is solid. That's going to be such a good game tomorrow night. But I like the Cavaliers. That would be the team if you're looking for kind of a, a yeah. long shot. Because Wake's the heavy favorites. And you're fading, you're so. fading a number one again, though. We haven't had a number one win since 99. I know. I know. And Wake's pretty darn good. They are a good. really, really good team. Because they're they're an amazing offensive team, but they, they're maybe the best pitching staff in the country. I mean, Rhett Lauder, who's probably going to pitch on Saturday, I think he's like 14-0 and with like a one-point-something ERA this season. He's absurd. They won yeah. all 16 of his starts, too. Yeah. yeah, and they beat Duke, so that's cool enough with me. <laughs> I uh, You brought up Wyatt Langford, the future third baseman of the Chicago Cubs, who I love. I played Florida plus 950 to win the World Series, the College World Series. It's plus 400 right now. When did you get it? Uh, right before regionals. Got it. They were plus 950. Uh, they were actually 10 to 1. I missed that, though. Uh, they're down to 4 to 1 right now. And I like Langford. I like Josh Rivera. And I like their pitching staff. They have three really good starters. They have one of the better lineups. They went 20 and 10 in the SEC. They won 8 of 10 of their series in the ACC, in the SEC. Sorry. And uh, that was my pick. So I like them plus 400. I'm a little bit worried about LSU. Would you though. still take it at plus 400 now? Yeah, I still you would. would. Yeah, I, I like the Gators. You like Virginia? I think the winner of that game could win the whole thing. I really do. I like Florida a lot. Uh, Tennessee LSU is going to be an awesome game. Best pitching prospect in college baseball since Steven Strasburg is Paul Skeens for LSU. This dude throws like 101, and he's got a ridiculous curveball. He got, People are saying like he could get drafted in June and then could like make an MLB roster in September. Wow. Like it's, uh, it's absurd how good this guy is. And then they have Dylan Cruz, their center fielder, who might be like one of the best college baseball players in the last 25 years. His slash line is absolutely ridiculous. They, they are. That'll be a great game. I mean, deep, the Demon Deacons, though, have outscored their opponents 75-16 since the start of this tournament. Wake Forest. 99, fading them. I know.